Brother Bill, you'd be ready to lead the invitation today, if you would, please. Uh, all right, let's open our Bibles this morning to uh, Luke chapter 14, 15, and 16. Luke chapter 14, 15, and 16. And we're going to read a few verses from uh, each of those chapters today. Luke chapter 14, 15, and 16. Glad there's a day we won't have to worry anymore. We don't have to now, but we do. Amen. All right, Luke 14, verse 16. This morning, when you found your place, Luke 14, verse 16. Then he then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife, and therefore... I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the, his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and the halt and the blind. Now let's go over to the 15th chapter, and we'll begin reading in verse 1 again. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And then the 16th chapter of Luke and uh, verse uh, 22, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he might dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Thinking, be seated. Our Father, we come to you this morning, and we're thankful, Lord, for those that are here today. And, uh, Lord, we know there's many places where the doors are still locked and uh, preachers uh, off in a room somewhere preaching over uh, the Internet and uh, others, Lord, they got the doors open, but nobody will come. And so we're mighty grateful this morning to have a crowd like we have today to be able to preach to, and we're thankful for something to be able to preach today, the Word of God. And, Lord, as we 
look today to you. We ask you, Lord, to search every heart today. And, Lord, I know there's lost people in this room today. I pray that, Lord, they get saved. I know there's people that are away from God. They're saved, but they're away from God. And I pray that, Lord, today that they might renew, uh, Lord, their uh, commitment to the Lord. And then there's those, Lord, that are struggling along and trying to do the best they can to walk with God, uh, Lord, through this world. And I pray you'd strengthen our faith. Uh, Lord, you know how to set the table so there's something on there for everybody. And I pray you'd do that this morning. Please enable me to have the liberty, Lord, and give us the message today that, uh, Lord, would be pleasing to God. And we'll be thankful, Lord, for all that you're able to do in this service today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, Luke's gospel is a, uh, it's a good gospel. Uh, of course, all the gospels are good gospels, but Luke's gospel is, I always called it a preacher's gospel. Uh, I don't think there's a single chapter in the, in the book of Luke that I've not preached from. Uh, most preachers will preach more sermons out of Luke than they will Matthew, Mark, or John. I don't know why that is, but it just seems to be a good uh, preaching gospel, like uh, what we've read today, chapter 14. Uh, that's good preaching there on that parable of the Great Supper in Luke. Chapter 15 has had more sermons preached out of it than probably any other chapter in the Bible. And uh, Luke 16, usually there was never a Baptist revival anywhere that before it was over that Luke 16 didn't get preached. And so it's a preacher's gospel. It's a physician's gospel because the man that wrote it was a physician, Dr. Luke. Uh, we know he was Paul's personal physician. And uh, we know that when we compare the Gospels, we find that Luke goes into more detail about sick folks and things like that than does any of the other because he was a physician and a physician would notice things like that. And then Luke is a praying man's Gospel because Luke records more times of prayer than any of the other writers of the Gospel. Uh, he tells us at times that Jesus prayed uh, that others don't tell us in their Gospels. So I say it's a praying man's Gospel. But of course, above all of that, we know it's the Lord's precious Gospel. Uh, we know the Bible belongs to the Lord. And we know that even the layout of this Bible, we believe God had His hand in it. And uh, we don't think that things just went certain ways and and was uh, put in certain places just because a uh, coincidence, but we believe that God uh, laid this Bible out just the way He wanted it laid out. Uh, for instance, uh, you got Jude, the last book before Revelations, you got a little book of Jude there, and uh, it talks a lot about the uh, end time and the coming of the Lord, and so you just got a lot of things like that in the Bible. And uh, what we've read today... Uh, you may not have realized it, but you will before I get done, that this thing is laid out in a special way. Uh, these three chapters that I have read from, they're laid out in a special way. Dr. Oliver B. Green, uh, he, he stumbled upon that truth, uh, and, uh, and he gave the outline that I'm going to use today. Now, I'm not going to 
preach Dr. Green's message, but I'm going to use his outline today. And uh, he takes these three chapters, and here is the text today and the outline. And the message today is Earth's Madness, Heaven's Gladness, and Hell's Sadness. It's all recorded right there in what we read uh, there uh, in your hearing this evening. In uh, Luke chapter 14, verses 16 through verse 24, I won't reread it because we've already read it, but it's what I like to call the parable of the great salvation supper. Uh, I know it, it don't speak about salvation in the text, but there's some things that remind us of it. Uh, first of all, uh, we know that this supper's free. Amen. Nobody has to do anything. Uh, it's free. Now, I've been invited to some free suppers that I found out wasn't free. But this one's free. Uh, I remember back last year, I think it was, that uh, my wife and myself and Marlon Keith, that we went down to this place to eat. And while we were eating there, uh, they had a, had a box set up where you could sign up to, uh, to win a little old uh, fire engine there, and we thought, well, our grandkids are like that. We must be, you know, lucky enough to win it. And so we signed up, and we put our name, address in there. And the following uh, week on a Sunday night, right before church, phone rung, and they wanted to know if I was who I am. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, we just wanted you to know that, uh, that you won that drawing. And uh, I thought, well, praise God, I ain't never won anything. Amen. And uh, they said, yeah, I said, you can come down here Friday night and you're going to have a free steak supper, whatever you want. It's all free and, uh, and you'll be eligible to win the little fire truck, which was what I wanted anyway. But anyway, uh, I told Mike Selling, I said, we won that drawing. And she said, uh, she was excited about it too. And she said, we'll call Marlon Keith and see if they'll want to go eat with us uh, down there because they said you'd bring a couple. Well, it wasn't long. Marla called and said they want it. <laughs> and uh, so the free lunch wasn't really free. Uh, you had to go down there and you had to sit for an hour and a half and go through uh, while they promoted something, you know, to try to get you to buy it or get it or whatever, so we never did even go. But uh, a lot of free lunches are like that. And, uh, but this lunch here is free. Uh, it's a free lunch, just like salvation's free. Uh, Jesus paid it all. It won't cost you one penny. Uh, you'll just have to go partake of it. Uh, but it's free. And then not only that, everyone's invited. You say, well, you say it doesn't say everyone's invited. It said go out to, uh, go out to some. I, yeah, on the start it did, but before it's over with, they're out in the hedges and highways and byways, uh, and they're inviting everybody. Amen. And uh, so like it was, you know, the Jew first and then uh, the Gentile. And so we see here that this thing is uh, uh, it's, uh, it's laid out uh, as, uh, as showing the madness of earth. You know this world's crazy, and it's getting crazier all the time. And, uh, and I think it was uh, Lester Olaf that coined the phrase back years ago when things were good. <laughs> he said this world is an insane asylum run by the inmates. <laughs> and uh, boy, there's a lot of truth to that. Amen. 
Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, the Bible said Ecclesiastes is wrote by the preacher man, and uh, he writes in there, and three different times he talks about the madness of man or the madness of earth. In Ecclesiastes 9 verse 3, he said, uh, This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. There is one of them and all, yea, also the heart of the sons of man is full of evil. Did you know that? The uh, hearts of the sons of man are full of evil. You say you mean unsaved. No, I mean all of us. Full of evil. You and I just got something to kind of keep it suppressed. Uh, amen. But it's in there. And uh, he said, And madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. And uh, two other places in the book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about the madness of man or the madness of of earth and brother uh, it is a mad place in where you and I live amen uh, you watch the news you watch uh, current events you watch uh, all the things that's going on today in our world uh, and you just have to shake your head and say the whole world's gone mad they've gone crazy amen uh, but I'll stay with the context uh, here and not get off in a bunch of current events uh, but I'll stay with the context here, talking about earth's madness. Now, here is a great king representing the Lord, and he's made a great supper. I mean, no doubt everything will be there that you could think of, and it's all free, and everybody's invited to come. Well, almost anybody would be interested in a free supper, amen. Most people's interested in anything, uh, that's free. Amen. Uh, but I want you to know that we see concerning salvation the madness of man, the madness of this earth. Uh, you say, why? Well, because they're invited to come, uh, but they don't come. Uh, in other words, they're invited to partake, uh, but they don't partake. Uh, it's insanity. It's madness is what it is. Uh, uh, when you look at the excuses they give, uh, how how flimsy are the excuses that they give, uh, but it shows the madness of man. Uh, uh, one fellow says here, uh, he said, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go see it. Well, all of us preachers have preached on the insanity of that. Uh, how that nobody would buy ground uh, that they haven't never seen. Uh, and yet this man, he says, uh, I've bought some ground so I can't go. In other words, uh, he's saying it's ground over God. Uh, uh, well, did you know there's a lot of people today uh, that are out walking over their ground? Uh, uh, they're walking over their farms uh, and they're looking at walking their fence rows and looking at their cattle uh, and looking at all of that, but they didn't come today to the house of God. Uh, uh, they don't even realize uh, that God is the one that owns everything. The earth is the Lord's uh, and the fullness thereof. You say, well, I got a deed to my ground. Yeah, I bought some ground this week uh, and uh, it's really expensive. I told the guy, I said, I wouldn't want to buy an acre of this ground. Uh, you say, what'd you buy? I bought two uh, grave plots uh, uh, is what I bought this week. Uh, and uh, you know what the guy told me? I just bought him, paid him a thousand dollars, and and you know what he said? He said you won't have to pay no taxes on this because it ain't really yours. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Amen. God owns everything. Uh, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And yet here's somebody that's got ground, uh, but no time for God. That's, that's probably 75% of your world today. That's probably 75% of the earth today uh, is that they're mad. Uh, uh, they don't realize that one day they're going to have to face God, and maybe today... Uh, they're like back in Luke 12, that farmer that God called a fool. I, he said his crops had done good. I, he said, oh, what am I going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear my little old barns down, build bigger barns. I, I'm going to say to my soul, soul, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. I, and the Bible said that night, God said, thou fool, I, uh, because God called him home that night. So, uh, so there we are. I never forget. I think it's George Truett told about preaching a revival down in Texas. Uh, and Dr. Truett said there was, uh, of course, uh, several millionaires around that area. And he said this one uh, man they went out to see, lost, uh, lost rancher, they went out to see him. Uh, and uh, he said, uh, Dr. Truett, I want to show you all my land. Uh, and uh, they went, drove way out several miles, got in the middle of a field. And he stopped it and he said, you, you see all you can see that way? And Dr. Truett said, yes. He said, it's all mine. He said, he turned this way and said, see all that you can see that way? He said, yes. He said, it's all mine. He said, see all you can see that way? He said, yes. He said, it's all mine. He turned this way and said, see all you can see that way? He said, yes. He said, it's all mine. And Dr. Truett said, I just have one question for you, sir. How much of it up that way is yours? And I want you to know it don't matter how much you own down here. If you're not saved and ready to meet God and you're living your life for something you'll never get to hold on to or keep anyway, it's madness this morning. It's madness. I'm thinking about this next fella, and he said, I bought five yoke of oxen, uh, and I got to go prove them. Same principle. Amen. Uh, uh, same principle. I bought a few things, uh, 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 just a few, before I ever seen them, and that's why I only bought just a few. Amen. Uh, I drove not uh, about a month ago, I drove to look at, uh, look at something that was on, uh, on the marketplace, uh, and I drove about 45 miles down there to look at it. And Brother Steve, that thing looked like brand new on Marketplace. And when I got down there and he rolled it out, it didn't even look like the same thing. It had to be raining when he took that picture. Amen. I traded cars one time when it was raining. And that broke me. I never did that again. I had this old car and this guy I worked with, Jimmy Harston. You guys know Jimmy. And uh, I should have known better right then. <clears throat> but Jimmy wanted to trade with me. And so I said, okay. So it was raining that night. He said, let's go out in the parking lot. You can look. We'll look at them. And we went out. And man, that thing looked like brand new. It was about a 65 Ford uh, Fairlane. And I mean, that thing looked great. Uh, and uh, raining. And I said, all right, I'll trade with you. He said, well, "We'll we'll swap them out in the morning." So the next morning, I drove up to the courthouse, uh, and I drove it around about three times, and I didn't see the car anywhere. Uh, and finally, about that fourth time around, I seen one, and I said, "That can't be it," uh, uh, but it was. Uh, uh, it was. Uh, 
and I swapped with him. This is back before I got back right with the Lord. I, and I swapped with him. And the last thing he told me, he said, you need to check the oil on that thing when you get home. It might need some oil. I, I went home and checked the oil and it was a quart and a half low. I, I drove it to work that night and sold it to another guy. And, uh, and I told him the same thing Jimmy told me. I said, you might need to check the oil on that thing. I, and uh, so uh, he come back in the next night and he said, I checked all on it. It's only about a quart and a half low. Uh, uh, so bad problem, amen. Uh, uh, but I want you to know, listen, I want you to know that, that this man said, I've got five oxen, I've got to go prove them. Uh, in other words, he chose a group of oxen over God. Uh, a group of cows, if you will, over God. Uh, uh, that's it's insanity, it's earth's madness. Uh, what people swap for God, Amen. Uh, uh, they swap something uh, that's temporal for something that is eternal. Uh, and then the last fellow, you know, he said, "I've took a wife," uh, and he said, "I can't come." I don't think he even asked to be excused. He just said, "I can't come." Uh, and so here's a guy that chose a gal over God, Amen. Uh, uh, he chose a, a gal over God. Uh, well, that goes on all the time. Uh, uh, people, people get married uh, and uh, they marry somebody that the Bible says you ought not to do. They marry somebody that's not a believer. Uh, somebody that's an unbeliever. Somebody of a totally different faith. Uh, and the Bible is against that. I know you don't hear it preached no more, but I promise you it's still in there. Uh, and then what happens a lot of times, uh, they'll get married and they'll wind up out of church completely. Or, um, I've seen this over 40 years, nine times out of ten, they're going to go to the woman's church. You say, why? Because they're all henpecked. Amen. Amen. Because they ain't got no guts or no backbone, amen. Because they won't lead their family, amen. Uh, that's why they do that. Ninety uh, percent of the time, that's that's the way it'll go, amen. Uh, and so, a lot of people today, uh, it's just mad what to do. I mean, imagine trading God for a gal. Um, imagine trading God for a relationship. That's madness. Uh, that's that's crazy to do that, amen. Uh, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, listen, uh, sometimes I say things, and I know you ain't going to believe this, but I make people mad. Uh, and uh, I don't try to make people mad. I don't want to make people mad. Uh, but sometimes the truth uh, makes people mad, amen. Uh, I can't tell you how many people that have come to this church uh, and their wife got mad at me, not them, their wife got, not them, their wife got mad at me, uh, and they said, preacher, we're, I'm going to have to leave the church. I say, why? And they said, my wife's mad at you. Uh, I say, you mean to tell me uh, uh, you're going to trade a Bible-believing church uh, and you're going to walk away for what you know is the truth of God and the truth in God's Bible and you're going to walk away because your wife's mad at me? Uh, listen, I don't, believe me, I don't want my wife to be mad at me. Uh, uh, but there's one person I'd rather have not mad at me than my wife and that's God. Amen. Uh, and I promise you that every... Every time without exception, 
As best I can remember, they wound up losing their wife anyway. You say, why? Well, when you got somebody rebelling against God, it ain't going to be count your blessings. Amen. So we see earth's madness. And boy, I could really dive into that and just talk about the madness of this world. The madness of this world. But then in Luke 15, 1-7, we see heaven's gladness. Amen. I'm glad heaven's a place of gladness. Amen. I'm glad that we won't have to worry anymore. And uh, there's some things about heaven that's going to make it always a glad place. You say, why? No sickness there. Amen. That'd make you glad, wouldn't it, to live in a place where nobody ever got sick? Uh, uh, There ain't going to be no sickness there. There ain't going to be no sorrow there. Well, if there ain't no sorrow there, everybody must be happy over there. Amen. Uh, uh, Heaven is a joyful place. Uh, I mean, why would you want to go to heaven if it was like earth, a madhouse? Uh, uh, No, sir, the Bible has a lot to say about heaven. uh, And the Bible said heaven's going to be a happy place. Uh, In all of the study of heaven, in all of looking through heaven, uh, uh, there's only one place that I can find even hints at any sorrow there and that's when God wipes away every tear in, in uh, Revelation 21 and 4 uh, and I believe that has to do with the judgment seat of Christ uh, and I believe it's where that we're going to weep and cry because we hadn't done more for the Lord uh, uh, one more for the Lord uh, uh, but I'm glad that God ain't going to let us be unhappy throughout eternity uh, I'm glad God is going to bring us before the judgment seat. Uh, uh, we're going to lose some rewards or get some rewards. Uh, uh, but when it's all over and done, uh, uh, God's going to wipe away every tear. Uh, and God's going to say, Enter thou into what? Uh, uh, the joys of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and I want you to know it'll be joy forevermore uh, uh, after we get past that judgment seat of Christ. Uh, But there is some things uh, that happen on earth uh, uh, that makes heaven glad up there. Amen. We have it right there in our text today in Luke 15. I won't go into depth on it, uh, uh, but I just want to pick out uh, three words uh, that could make heaven happy this morning. Three things recorded in this book this morning. You say, well, God's happy because I'm at church. Don't find that in the Bible. Bible says you ought to come to church. Hebrews 10.25 Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as a matter of some is, but so much the more as you see that day approaching. Amen. Say, well, God's going to be happy when we come by and I put some money in the offering plate. Don't find that in the Bible. I, I don't find God getting excited, uh, jumping up and down or hollering because people put money in the offering plate. You say, why? Because most people are way behind on what they owe Him anyway. Amen. And number two, most people don't never give Him anything but what's His anyway. The tithe's His. And if all you and I ever give every Sunday is a tithe, we ain't give God nothing. We're just giving God what's His. Amen. Boy, I I tell this preaching's really going over, praise God. They may be happy in heaven, but they ain't down here today. 
But there's some things that make heaven happy. I find the word in verse 17. The Bible says in Luke 15 verse 17, There is joy over one sinner that repenteth. The Bible tells me that repenting makes God happy. Don't you see that? Repenting gives God joy. Now, it it probably hurts God. I know it grieves God uh, when you and I sin. But it makes God happy. It makes God glad uh, when you and I get down on our knees uh, and say, God, forgive me. Amen. Uh, You know, David was a terrible sinner. Did you know David, uh, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. You know David, uh, uh, he done a lot of things. Had, he played part in a man's murder. Uh, had it all lined out. David done a lot of things, but yet God said, uh, uh, David's a man after my own heart. And he said, I love David. You know why God loved David? Uh, and he didn't Saul because David was a good repenter uh, and Saul never could repent. Amen. Uh, I want you to know, listen, I'd rather have somebody, people say, why does so-and-so go to the altar every service? Maybe they feel like they need to come and ask God to forgive them for something. Did you ever think about reversing that and saying, why is it I never have to go to the altar? Are you that good a person? Are you you that good that you never sin? Well, I don't think so. But the Bible says that David was a good repenter and God loved David because David was a good repenter. Amen. Uh, David was a good repenter. When people repent, it makes heaven happy. Says it there. Says it there. Look at verse 20. It's that prodigal son that wanted all of his and went down to the far country and he wasted it all. But thank God he did come to himself. Amen. He did come to himself. I might say here that you might be headed down that way this morning. But you don't have to go all the way down there. I talked to a fellow one day and actually his name come up in a prayer room on a Sunday night. And they told me this fellow had fell off the wagon and he had uh, left his wife and run off with another woman and all this stuff. And the next morning I went to the post office and as I was going in, this fellow literally run into me coming out. Uh, Preacher, literally run into me coming out. And I stopped him and I said, Sir, I said, I'm not, I called him a name, I said, I'm not nosing in your business. Uh, uh, But I said some stuff come up in the prayer room last night. And I said, I just want you to know that I love you and God will forgive you. And I said, you started toward the hog pen, but you're not all the way down there yet. Why don't you turn around and go back before you get all the way to the hog pen? And I hugged him and I went my way and he went his way. Lo and behold, uh, he did exactly that. Uh, uh, And he's still going for God uh, uh, today. Amen. Uh, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad uh, uh, that you can return back to God when you went away from God. I went away from the Lord for several years. And I remember the Sunday morning at Brotherhood Free Will Baptist Church when the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. And I went down to the altar and uh, I renewed, I returned 
uh, I recommitted. Some say you can't do it, but I did. Uh, and uh, I recommitted to God. Uh, and He took me back. And I've been with God ever since. Uh, and I'm glad. Listen, did you know heaven was happy that morning uh, uh, when I came back to God and I said, God, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, Lord, I want to I wanna rededicate my life to You. Did you know that made heaven happy? Make heaven happy if you did it this morning. Amen. Heaven gets happy when you repent. Look in verse 22, Luke 15. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and kill the fatted calf. For this my son that was lost uh, is alive again, alive evermore. You say, what's that mean? Well, here's an old boy that he went down into the hog pen. He lost everything that he had uh, except what he had on his back. Uh, he lost uh, more than what you can see. Uh, he lost his character. Uh, he lost his testimony. Uh, uh, he almost lost all hope except in one thing. Uh, he said, I've got a father, uh, and back in his house there's bread to spare. Uh, uh, nobody down here won't even be friends with me. Nobody won't help me down here. Uh, but if there's anybody in this world that'll help me, uh, it's my father. Uh, and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise and go back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against thee. Uh, and his father, uh, when he did that, his father fell on him. Uh, I kissed him. Uh, you know, if he fell on him, that old boy had to be down on his knees. Uh, uh, he come repenting. He come uh, with a sorrowful heart. Uh, and you know what his father said? His father said, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, uh, uh, a coat on his back, uh, uh, kill the fatted calf. In other words, what he's saying is, uh, restore it all back to him. You know, God loves to, makes God joyful to see people repent. Be honest with you, it makes me joyful. Makes God joyful to see people return. Be honest with you, it makes me joyful. I'm that much like God. And it makes me happy to see people restored back to the ministry or back to the church or just back to a good standing relationship with God. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. Uh, uh, well, if earth, if earth this morning is a madhouse, uh, if there's earth madness, uh, I promise you just up above us, uh, I promise you there's heaven's gladness. Amen. Uh, uh, nobody's sad over there. Uh, nobody wanting to come back down here. I witnessed to a guy one time he's lost and he's claimed to be an atheist. I witnessed to him and tried to tell him about the Lord. And he said, you can't, you can't show me one person that went to heaven without you doing it in that Bible. I said, no sir, I can't. I said, I know some people that I believe there. They got saved. The Bible said if you get saved, that's where you're going to go. But if you're wanting something black and white, you want something 100%. I, I can just show you in the Bible where some people went there. He said, I don't believe the Bible. But I said, sir, there's a reason why that I can't show you anybody that's going to heaven this morning apart from the Bible. He said, why is that? And I said, because 
Everybody that went to heaven, none of them want to come back here. And I said, sir, everybody in hell, where you're going, everybody in hell, they want to come back, but they can't. You know, about ten years after that, that old boy got saved on his deathbed. Amen. And heaven was happy about that. You know, the Bible wants you to remember your youth and the, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. And God no doubt rejoices over that. But God rejoices if, if somebody lives their whole life for the devil and God grants them enough grace that they get saved. And I believe that's few and far between, but it can happen. And if God grants them grace to do that, God is just as happy about them getting saved as it was you and me getting saved. Earth's madness, heaven's gladness. Look at hell's sadness in Luke 16. The Bible, let me read this one. The Bible said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Somebody said, Preacher, the Bible said, David said, I've yet to see the righteous forsaken or their seed of begging bread. I said, What about old Lazarus there begging bread? Well, maybe he got saved laying there. The Bible said it came to pass a beggar died, was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, saith Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And sent Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember, thou in thy lifetime receive of thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gov fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send unto my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Uh, now, just as much as there's gladness in heaven, madness on the earth, uh, there's sadness in hell this morning. Uh, I know we've lived down to the end of the age and we've cooled off and got lukewarm and all like that. But I want you to know that the Bible says that hell is a place of sadness. There is like like ignorant lost people that have never read their Bible say there is no parties in hell. There is no laughter in hell. There is no friendship in hell. No sir, the Bible said that hell is a place of of sadness. Amen. I, I can describe heaven with words like this, joy, happiness, laughter, and merriment. Uh, but I can't use any of them uh, uh, talking about hell. Uh, and you cannot find one place in your Bible where it's talking about hell. You cannot find one place where anybody has been or is going uh, that has any joy at all uh, in hell. Amen. Uh, wasn't made for joy. Right. Amen. Three words this morning. 
that talk about hell's sadness. One in verse 24, he said, I'm tormented in this flame. I've been to the burn center a time or two. I've never walked in one that they were laughing, rejoicing. They're usually moaning and groaning. You say, why? Because they're in pain. You say, well, I don't believe there is any fire in hell. That don't change the fact that the Bible said there is. Pretty good chance to take, ain't it? You say, how could a person go to hell and not burn up? How could them Hebrew children go in the fire and not even get the smell of smoke on them? God's able to make whatever God wants to make and do whatever God wants to do. Amen. But He said, I'm tormented in this flame. In other words, the fire was real. Amen. Just like the streets of gold are real. Just like in heaven there's no sickness, pain, no sorrow. That's real. In hell, the Bible said that... He said, I'm tormented in this flame. Amen. In this flame. By the way, did you notice how quick he went there? He said he died and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Been in torment. Hard to be. It's hard not to be sad when you're in the flames. And then... I see another word, it's not in there, but the, 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 what it means is, he said, for I have five brethren. I want somebody to go testify to them lest they come into this place. Right. Who you got there this morning? You're not in hell, you're sitting here at Bethel Baptist Church. But who do you know, who comes to mind this morning that you know is heading that way? He said, I have five brethren. Well, if that first word was flame, that second word is failure. Failure. You say, what do you mean? He failed to get saved. And because he failed to get saved, he failed to lead and to witness and to tell his brothers about the Lord Jesus Christ, about heaven and about hell. He failed. Amen. He failed. That's what hell is. It's a place for failures. Hell's a place for losers. Because the devil's a loser. And everybody that follows him is a loser. I was preaching in jail one time. I was going in. There's a fellow sitting there with a tattoo on his arm. And he pointed to it and he said, Preacher, I'm born to lose. And I said, yes, sir, we all are, sir. We all have the endemic nature, but you can be born again to win. We're all losers, but thank God we can all be winners. Amen? He failed. He failed. I think we all fail. But I'm glad I made some effort. Amen? I'm glad I've made some effort, first of all, to get saved myself. And then I'm glad that I've been able to influence some other people. Amen. As far as I know, I don't have any sisters or brother that don't know about heaven and don't know about hell and don't know about what to do to escape them. Amen. I want you to know this morning that he said, I'm sad. Why are you sad? Well, 
I'm sad because I'm in this flame forever and I'm sad because I'm leading my five brothers to head this way also. Hadn't thought about this in years, but I used to have a poster and it had a it had a, a golden stairway going up and the top of that golden stairway was a, a picture of a of a godly woman, a Christian woman, and she's standing up there at the top like that. You can tell that she's praying for them two down on the bottom. And down on the bottom there's a man. I, I give this to Brent many years ago. He liked it and I give it to him, that poster. But there's a man and he's got He's got, his, he's got his foot like this right here and he's got the hand of a little boy and right, got the hand of a little boy and the little boy's saying, Where are we going, Daddy? Where are we going, Daddy? Where are we going, Daddy? In other words, he's about to step off in hell with his own uh, children. Amen. Uh, how many more is going to do that in this life? Uh, amen. I'm telling you, he's sad uh, because of the failure that is made. Lastly, verse 26, he says uh, here in Luke uh, 16, verse 26, he says, and this is God talking, and besides all this, besides all this I just told you, between us and you there's a great gift fixed so that they that would pass from hence to you cannot Neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Not only is hell a place of sadness because of the flame, not only because of the failure that lost sinners make when they don't get saved, but because of the facts. And so I don't believe in hell. But we got the facts here about it. Got the facts here about you. So I know a great preacher said that hell wasn't real. It wasn't that great, was he? He didn't. He, he sided with what he thought rather than what the Bible said. You see, the facts are there is a place called hell. The facts are there is a flames there in hell. The facts are there's no comforts in hell. Not even a drop of water. The facts are that you can never get out of hell. And the facts are, there's only one way to not go to hell. Only one way to not go to hell. That's to go through the door. Jesus said, I am the door. And really according to the Bible, if you're sitting here lost this morning, you're as good as in hell as if you're already there from heaven's point of view. But I got some good news for you. Jesus has got the key. Now He ain't going to let you out after you get there. He'll let you out this morning. He's the key this morning. So what do we have here? Well, in Luke chapter 14, we have earth's madness. And if you're sitting here today lost without God and you don't come and get saved this morning, there's no other word for that but insanity and madness. If you're here today and you are saved, we ought to be full of gladness this morning. 
because of where we're going. Amen. And you and I may get sad down here. We may worry down here. But brother, we're going to a place for joys evermore. No more sadness, no more sorrow. You say, well, I'll think about No, you won't. God said He's going to wipe away all the remembrance of the former things. There's going to come a point in that judgment when God's going to wipe all that away and you won't even think about your husband or your wife or your kids that died without Christ because they chose to do that. Amen. Brother Bill, you come on, get a song here, just as I am, whatever's easy for you to lead this morning. Let's stand today, if you will, and I want you to think about my text if you don't remember.